what's really scary is states are really showing their true colors. Most recently, Maryland and California, they are going so far in their laws, and I've gotten all this information from Live Action. LiveAction.org is a wonderful pro-life organization, and it's it's almost like a whistleblower. Um, Lila Rose is single-handedly, not, not only her, but she has led the way to get words out, uh, word out about the, tra- the, the tragedy that's been going on. And she lives in California, but I don't know if you even know this, Joe, they are trying to pass infanticide up to, I've heard 20 days and 28 days. In the California law right now, they're trying to pass infanticide. I think it's pretty much already been passed in Maryland. That is completely disturbing to me. Hello and welcome to The Joe Mobley Show. I'm your host, Joe Mobley, and you're listening to the only place in cyberspace where we talk about being conservative. We hit on current events, the politically correct cancel culture, and problems with civil discourse. But most importantly, we discuss what you can do to come out of the conservative closet. The Joe Mobley Show is a new and exciting podcast that airs weekly on Monday mornings. We have a range of controversial topics on deck. Even so, it's important that we hear from you what matters most. Be sure to send questions, comments, and things you'd like to hear discussed to ask at thejoemobleyshow.com. That's ask at thejoemobleyshow.com. To make sure you stay informed on the latest content, be sure to subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to great podcasts. Welcome back to The Joe Mobley Show. I'm your host, Joe Mobley. Thanks for tuning in. If I'm new to you, you're new to me. This is your weekly encouragement to come out of the conservative closet. That's right, ladies and gentlemen, and that one. But there are definitely some shows out there for uncloseted conservatives only, and this is one of them. On today's show, we're diving into the SCOTUS leak. Uh, Definitely unprecedented, uncharted territories here. Uh, What does it mean and what does it mean for abortion? In the United States, we're talking about the DHS announcing their very own Politburo-style Ministry of Truth. And we're going to see what's on the other side of the memory hole. All that and more, and it all starts right now. Thanks for joining us. Guys, we've got friends of the show that you know and love. We have Mr. Charlie Street joining us. Charlie, how are you doing, my man? Doing good. Looking forward to it. Awesome. It's it's really, uh, well, I think all the episodes are fun, but it's really a fun episode. And we also have for you, you know her, you love her, author of the awesome book, Baby Garden, uh, had to bring her back to talk about what's going on with the Roe v. Wade decision uh, that leaked and appears to be pretty reputable. You know her, you love her, Miss Jennifer Bosma. Jen, how are you? Hello, everybody. Glad to be back, Joe. Awesome. I'm so glad that you could be here. I'm Thank a little bit jealous me. that you're in the free state of Texas and I'm in oh, the wishy-washy cool. Virginia. There is nothing like this day. Even when you just come in the airport, I, it just even in the grocery store, you just feel like connected with everybody. It's it's pretty cool. Absolutely. So, you know, it's it's tough to get the show started. There's not a lot happening in the media. There's <laughs> not much going on with current events. You know, Biden's crushing it as always, and uh, I'm just trying to make sure that we don't get taken down by the Ministry of Truth. Uh, so, you know, COVID is well in hand, and uh, masks. 
may or may not be the most effective things. I'm not sure, uh, you know, what day this is going to play, what day the ministry is going to be looking at this. Um, uh, abortions, safe, rare, and uh, whatever the other one is. Safe, rare, and I forget the line. Uh, but anyway, jokes aside, um, I don't know who, I don't know how, I don't know why, but someone, uh, someone leaked the SCOTUS decision, um, and it looks like uh, that it is going to be dropping. They've, they've put the fences up. They're probably going to deploy the National Guard. Um, but I just want to get your guys' thoughts on what you think this is going to mean for abortion in the United States moving forward. Uh, and since you've been, you know, women in the arena for all of this time, traveling all over the country, speaking in the pregnancy centers and the resource centers and getting your book and your wisdom and your, your love and care out to people, we'll let Jen go first. So uh, Jen, what do you think this means? Well, I am so excited. My brother-in-law sent it to me from California and when he sent it to me, it was about 9.30 at night. And he's like, this is out. And I sent it to all my, my resources. And some of them hadn't heard it. So I felt kind of honored. I'm like, oh, giving, I never am the one that gives information first. But Roe must go. This is something we have been praying about um, consistently. Like just so that these, that these Supreme Court justices can actually listen and think what's actually going on and make the decision that should have been done years ago. So that is super exciting. And it's, it's, you can just tell even the power of prayer with all this, because we have a, um, the Planned Parenthood in here in Georgia. I don't know if it's a whole state. I've heard two different reports, the whole state, and I've heard in just Marietta, Georgia. Um, but the cool part about it is they have stopped doing um, abortions because their workers are leaving. And this is a place that I have volunteered. I'm on a schedule and I peacefully go out and just give women suggestions like, hey, there's a pregnancy center around the corner type thing. And it's a wonderful group of people who are full of love. We go out there and we pray for these abortions to stop. They've had, you know, they, they'll have like um, power problems and they'll have leaks and they have stopped abortions for two weeks. So I really believe the power of prayer is really impacting this country, and we all know prayer is huge. And I think the prayer behind all the faithful pro-lifers out there have really been praying for these Supreme Court justices to take a long, hard look at um, everything that's going on. So it's to me, it's an answer to prayer and, you know, just really, really exciting. And hope it can hold, hope it can hold, hope these Supreme Court justices don't like waver to the pressure and all the stuff that's going on. And I have a lot of comments about that too, but we'll let y'all go ahead, Charlie. What do you think? Awesome. <laughs> well, Charlie, before you go, I just want to throw up, there are so many summations of what's going on uh, with this out there. My favorite is uh, by Matt Christensen. Um, so the Matt Christensen show, I think is called Matt and Blonde. Um, it's on YouTube. My show's not on YouTube because I got another strike. I was back for a whole week, guys. Uh, but Matt's summation of the whatever it is, 78, 98-page um, decision is right on par. Abortion is not an enumerated constitutional right. That's number one. Number two, abortion does not meet the established criteria for identifying rights implied by the Constitution, which is a textual basis, a history and tradition of the right, or the right being fundamental to our scheme of ordered liberty. Sometimes they just say that these are fundamental rights, uh, things like the right to live, 
uh, inside and outside of the womb. It kind of begs the question. But all of that, and, and Alito addresses so many of the different arguments, and he really steelmans um, the, the rightist talking points. He steelmans the leftist talking points. But it all gets synthesized in this point. The Constitution is silent on the issue, which is something that Ruth Bader Ginsburg said herself. And where the Constitution is silent, the Tenth Amendment insists that the right is for the states and the people to decide. Uh, so with that summation, Charlie, you have the floor. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, the Alito um, writing is, and, and I have not, I've started to read through it. I haven't read the whole thing, but I've heard it's really a rock-solid argument. And so when you go back and you look at the uh, original Roe versus Wade, it, a big part of that was based on this um, right to privacy. I mean, no one can even figure out what does it mean? How does a right to privacy mean that you get to in someone's life because it's inconvenient for you? So, so that it's never made sense. Um, and when, when you try to discuss this with people, you know, I, I think you really get a lot of emotion-based arguments. Um, you know, one of the things I've heard in, in the last few days from probably three different places, three different women, was this idea of, well, you know, you're a man. You don't know what it's like to be pre pregnant. Uh, there's a lot of discomfort involved, and whoa, so you whoa, shouldn't. Whoa, whoa, You, you shouldn't be able pregnant. to, I, to I thought, think about I this. I thought men could get pregnant now. Well, Isn't that a thing? And see, this is what I think Governor Newsom was the one that said. Well, men don't know what it's like to be pregnant. It's like, yeah, buddy, you haven't even been listening to your own party. But, 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 but you know, even beyond that, this idea, there's this idea that you know um, you can't have any say on issues that might involve black people if you're not black. You can't have any say on issues involve women if you're not. I mean, the whole thing is ridiculous. It's one of the main arguments, and and it's a ridiculous argument. You know, what if we were and to it's say confusing with identity politics? If well, I can identify well, as white or a woman or yeah. anything person, well, well, what if we said this? What if we said um, in Loudoun County we only have uh, fifteen percent black people? So I don't think a black person should be a congressman from here and go to Congress because they're not white and they don't know what it's like to be white. I mean, you know, this is kind of ridiculous. Maybe a woman can't represent. Yeah. So, you know, we have always had this idea that people uh, can think through certain universal concepts. It's, it's sort of a new idea that if you're not part of a group, then you can't speak for that group. Because when you flip that to the reverse, you know, that you're going to have outrage from the other side. But um, yeah, but in, in this decision, which has not happened yet, but this decision does not mean that, it doesn't even mean that abortion is not going to be legal. It's, it just means it's going to the states. Mm -hmm. So we will see, and, and, and we, so we will see what happens. But um, it, th this whole thing has been fascinating. Um, you haven't heard anyone on the left say anything about this release of the document, which this is the first time this has ever happened in history that the opinion, the written opinion has gotten released. And, uh, you know, I think they're going to find, I think they're going to find the person that released it, but, um, yeah. Fascinating. Well, I, I hope the ministry doesn't jump on us, but if I got to pick out of the conspiracy hat, 
I subscribe to the opinion that it was probably leaked on purpose or whoever. I, I think it was leaked by a progressive or radical leftist that works in the court, probably a clerk um, who wants the anticipated violent summer, mm -hmm. you know, summer of love response from BLM and Antifa types, um, which is why, you know, they're already putting up the gates around uh, those, uh, not HESCO barriers, those, uh, you know, hasty uh, barrier gates that the military uses around the Supreme Court building. Um, so that's just a Joe Mobley subjective opinion. I don't have any data, uh, which well, doesn't matter anyway. But you know I, what? So Joe Biden has spoke up. Joe Biden is is for abortion. And so um, now there's violence happening. So it sounds like an insurrection that he has uh, endorsed, you know? So Jen... When Roe was passed, abortion was, and people don't remember this, abortion was outlawed in 34 states when the decision originally came down. Um, so I agree with Charlie. This is not going to be wide-sweeping outlawing of abortion across the country. Right. There are a number of states that are probably going to move to outlaw abortion except for extreme circumstances. And even if we gave, if we seeded the rape and incest argument, that's about 1%. Oh, less um, than 1%. Yeah, yes. so I, I rounded up. Yeah, <laughs> but, and, and ectopic pregnancies, that doesn't even count as an abortion. That's not even yeah. in there. That would be the only thing for the woman's life would be an ectopic, and that's not even an so abortion. So what do you think the road ahead is for the state? Because the, all this is doing is pushing it back to the states. Mm -hmm. So I, I can see a few dozen nasty battles ahead of us, uh, but you know, how does this change your outreach work? Um, is your message changing or what do you see changing once this decision comes out? Well, I do know that the liberal minded states, they are really ones that really want my book in their pregnancy centers because they need all the help they can get. Um, it's funny. I just finished sending them out to Texas and Texas, once again, the great state, don't mind the renovation behind me. Um, but the Texas is they have, I have the most books here in Texas, and this is such the conservative. And you, I would think that they wouldn't even want it because they have the, six, the heartbeat law, which is um, six weeks. Um, what's really scary is states are really showing their true colors. Re most recently, Maryland and California, they are going so far in their laws. And I've gotten all this information from Live Action. Liveaction.org is a wonderful pro-life organization. And it's it's almost like a whistleblower. Um, Lila Rose is single-handedly, not, not only her, but she has led the way to get words out, uh, word out about the, tra the, the tragedy that's been going on. And she lives in California. But I don't know if you even know this, Joe. They are trying to pass infanticide up to, I've heard 20 days and 28 days. In the California law right now, they're trying to pass infanticide. I think it's pretty much already been passed in Maryland. That is completely disturbing to me, that these babies can be left unattended by a physician and up to 28 days um, after, birth, after birth. And that doctor will not be held accountable and they can do an, my husband was reading it the other, like in deep, like really in, in detail, he was trying to read it to really learn about it. Um, and they can't, they just, they, they can't have any criminal charges against the parents or the mom, whoever dropped. So, I mean, this is where we're going. These extreme, I mean, did you know that, that that was being passed? I did, I did, I've not heard that. Now, what do you mean when say when you say left alone? Do you mean like just leave the baby to kind of starve to death? Yep. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah. I, I actually did hear that. And mm-hmm. it, it's yes. sick and twisted. Um, and this is what it used to be late term abortion. It was supposed to be, you know, safe and effective and rare, exceedingly rare. And then it turned into late term abortions. And then it turned into partial birth abortions, mm-hmm. you know, during late. Then it turned into. Um, uh, there's a term for it, but it's it's just after birth. It's infanticide. It's, it's yeah. murdering a baby yes. is what it is. But they just allow these babies to be born. They set mm-hmm. the baby in the other room and mm-hmm. everyone goes about their day, um, which is. And that's where California is there. That is on their that's on their legislation right now. And so I last week I sent to all my friends that know anybody in California. I'm like, y'all, people don't know this is out there. So when my husband was reading the law, you have to get through all the the jargon because they like to hide it. And he's like, aha. So he was reading it for an hour and he's he likes to read fine print like that. I just read the the cliff notes from live action. And he's like, here it is. And we found out it was true because, I mean, I, I really do trust live action and the reporting because it's always right on key and on point. But, you know, something as extreme as that, you're like infanticide. I mean, this is like child sacrifice in the biblical days. This is crazy. And it does release any criminal charges against the mom. After, uh, it's between 20 and 28 days. Maryland, I think, is 28 days. I think Maryland passed it. I think Maryland was Maryland was first and California is coming along. Also, I've learned that California also, when I, I'm doing some, preg- I'm working at a pregnancy center in Marietta, Georgia, and to be a, hopefully to be um, a counselor and to just actually talk with girls. I'm, it's a big, long, long training. Um, so I've been working on that, getting trained as a volunteer position, just learning all I can do, learn about that. And, um, and they, when I was reading the data with that, that all the states report their data, but somehow California does not. Georgia, I think, was the fifth leading state in the country for abortions, but we have we have like a twenty week heartbeat law type thing. Um, twenty weeks, not heartbeat law. But I'm like, wait, where's California? And we were told that California has gotten around doing their actual reporting with their numbers. So they're sky high, but that's a whole. Isn't other this, you know, this kind of blows away the whole the thing of you don't know what it's like to be a woman and there's discomfort in having a pregnant. It's yeah, well, yeah, you don't know what it's like to be a baby and to be half born and have scissors jammed in in your neck, or to be born and left to starve to death. You know, I think there's some discomfort there too. So, so you know, let's look at that. Oh yes. Um, and recently, this has been sad. Now all the young people, I've, I'm on social media and I, I know quite a few, you know, I'm, I'm a mom of three daughters. Um, they all have their friends. And it, as they get older, you can definitely see the friends that are, you know, very pro-abortion. And just today, I had to read one thing that was shared on a story. Um, it was going on and on about like, I have no, I have no view as a woman. I have no voice. I have no this. Like you can't make me give blood. You can't make me give an organ. You, I, you can't make me sign if I want to, you know, pass my organs if I died. But I'm like, wait a minute. What you're missing? All this, my body, my choice. It is not your body. This is a complete separate child that is not has a completely different blood type. Could in some cases than the mom. This is not their body. It, it is a life. Everyone deserves a lifetime. Everyone. So when she was writing all this, like you can't, you can't be forced to give blood. Okay. Giving blood or not giving blood is not taking someone's life. Um, you, you know, you can't, 
you know, it, it was going on in my body, my choice, and it's taking the autonomy of being a human woman. I'm like, the lies and the deceit is so bad. And I, I from a Christian standpoint, when, you know, we are made in the image of God, we are made the body, you know, we are made by in God's image. So the devil hates us. The devil hates people. He hates babies because we are made in God's image. So when you look at that, the devil doesn't want anything around in God's image. He wants to tear it all up. So, um, you know, <laughs> obviously we've been really talking a lot about this in the last couple of weeks. And, and I just, it's just sad that people are so lied and misled when we're talking life and we're, it's not my, it, it is my body, but a child inside my body is not my body anymore. So. That's right. It's another, and, and when that body is born, mm-hmm. you know, in that first month, you've got a human being. Um, what about when the kid is one year old or two years old and that kid is uh, an inconvenience or, or, you know, cramps your lifestyle? It really too. gets I mean, into the sustainability mm-hmm. uh, argument, line of reasoning, which is total nonsense um, because an infant can't sustain themselves at all. There are adults with disabilities that can't mm-hmm. sustain themselves or cognitive issues. Yeah. Right. Someone um, in a coma. Yeah. Yeah. How yeah. much we just like say, oh, they're in a coma no longer. You know, let's just pull the plug. You know, no. You know, I hate to say it, but one of the silver linings, I guess, not really a positive thing, Mm -hmm. but the more radical places, they are showing their hands. They're flipping their cards up because they feel like they have to. Um, And it's it's very telling. People are starting to open their eyes because places like Maryland, places like uh, California, where they've always wanted infanticide, uh, you know, the Bill Gateses of the world, um, the, the you know, Chinese oligarch, oligarch, I can't say the word. I'm, I'm going to say allegory now. Oligarchs, mm-hmm. goodness Oligarchy. gracious. Woo. Oligarchs, thank you. Ooh, $10 word. Um, they want to get rid of children, just like you said, the devil hates children, but they're, this whole great reset population control crowd they do they want to they want to decrease the world population but people think that we're making this up but now that bills are hitting the floor written down in law saying that we can kill this child not up to and including the moment of birth but after birth uh, a near birth or an after birth abortion that that's murder what happens if you know, they get the wrong room and they come into, we're going to have more kids and they come into my room and they try and kill the child that we just had. That wouldn't work out for the staff member. Uh, but, you know, for someone else in a different situation, and that is part of the argument, and we don't we don't need to get into the meat and potatoes of it, mm-hmm. but when you, this opinion is, is 98 pages long. And one of the legal tests, uh, which is something that they use, a legal doctrine they use to put Second Amendment infringements because they're infringements on people that want to buy, own, carry, uh, use, et cetera, firearms, is the lasting effects of the thing the government's imposing or the lasting effects of you know, the legal decision. Whereas they're saying 
Well, what's a two week or two month or a one year wait list? You know, the lasting effects of that are not that bad. Um, or a background check or a certain number of firearms purchased per month or per year. The lasting effects. When you have an abortion, the lasting effects, the health effects for the woman, there are tremendous health effects. There are infertility things that have been linked to abortion, depression. Uh, most every one that I'm aware of deeply regrets the decision. Uh, but when you think about the child, the lasting effects are they're dead. They're done, which is why when they're dealing with like capital punishment, they always take those legal arguments to the 10th, you know, crazy circle of legal arguments. It sucks. It sucks that California's doing stuff like this. It sucks that Maryland's doing stuff like this, but it really gives us some a strong position to argue from when we're saying this is what they want because they wrote it down in a bill and they're presenting it on the floor. Well, and when you talk about population control too, let's remember that this started, right? Margaret Sanger was one of the folks that started to popular and it was about population control. It was about controlling uh, the birth of black kids. Mm -hmm. So that was a big part of it. Uh, or people they saw as defective, people they didn't like. That is the part of the uh, origin of this. So population control is a big part of it. Absolutely. All right. Well, we are wrapping up this segment. Uh, Jen, anything else you want to tell us about your opinions on this? And definitely tell the listeners where they can go uh, to get a hold of you oh, and plug your book. You know, um, just, you know, we touched on the post-abortive women. And, you know, that's we've been studying that. All the women, when they first have an abortion, they have a first it's a relief, but then it's that little thing that creeps up. Sometimes it's a baby crying. Sometimes it's a day the baby was due. Um, and the women out there that could be post-abortive, because there's lots of Christians too that that could have had an abortion. If they're post-abortive, I would seriously remember, uh, seriously look into getting a book called Surrender the Secret. And because that is something that you really need to deal with. Because a lot of our listeners, a lot of listeners out there, you know, may have know someone who has gone through it. Keep sweeping it under the rug. That woman, if they don't talk about it, they are still struggling with it. They may have it pressed way under the rug, but they need that. But the book is Surrender the Secret. I don't know the author. You can just Google that. Um, but they need help. They need, it's not if, it's when. And some of these women that are finally getting help, it's been 30 years post-abortion. It's that little deep, dark secret. Oh, you found it great. Um, that is something. So it's not, people will be tough. Oh yeah, it's the best thing I ever did. I mean, I've heard some really sad, sad interviews from women that are like, oh yeah, it's all great. No worries. Best thing. I That's not true. But that is a book um, that are the center that I'm working with that help with the women that have gone through that. Um, yeah. And I just think that we just need to be a voice for life everywhere we go. Um, don't be afraid to speak for the un speak for the pre-born that, you know, be their voice. It, sometimes in my, in my studies, I've learned if one person would have spoken life to um, the woman who is trying to make a decision, if one person would have take, gone away from what the, the stream of the media and the culture, um, they would have made a different choice. So, and yes, um, there's my website. It's jenniferbosma.com. Um, the baby garden is up there and I have a blog and I have three, I'm mentoring to moms actually around the world. Um, moms are great. At, I, I still don't know. I have moms that follow me in China and I don't know how when the government has them. So like 
sometimes I think, oh, I hope it's not a hacker or something. But um, yeah, so I'm, I'm there to support moms around, you know, and I'm a grandma, but I love to support moms whenever I can. Um, I've got another book coming out this summer. Um, so it's called I Know the Plans. But The Baby Garden is a great book to give to anyone who is expecting a baby. Maybe if there's a big sister or big brother in the house, how to prepare for the new baby. I think you all had yours before baby Gabriel came. So um, I hope it kind of helped your family get ready for the baby and that God has a plan based on Jeremiah 1.5 for every child. Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. And I so appreciate you having me on the show, Joe. Such a blessing to be a part of course, it's always a lot of fun, a ton of fun. When I, obviously, I knew that I'd be talking about this this week. Um, I meant to reach out sooner, but so glad that you can come on to the show. And uh, guys, links to everything that she just spoke about are going to be uh, in the notes uh, just below wherever you're watching this Uh you know, video or audio only. Um, so check out jenniferbosma.com. That's jenniferbosma.com. Um, check out Surrendering the Secret by Patricia Layton. Um, probably the easiest place to get it is on Amazon. Uh, right. But, you know, they, they have a website as well. Uh, Jen, thanks so much for joining the show. And I look forward to having you on again. It's always, Would love to. it's always great to be on your show. And nice seeing you, Charlie. Good Thank you for you. having me. All right. All right. So we are going into, ah, yes, the ministry of truth. What, what a time. So guys, if you're unaware of what we're talking about here, it's really an ongoing saga. Um, so your Department of Homeland Security, um, <clears throat> Secretary Mayorkas, went to Congress and asked for funds. And whenever they go to Congress and ask for funds, they have to say what these funds are for. And these funds are for a mis- and disinformation uh, combating board, uh, which is... You know, this has been done. Russia did this. They had the Politburo. Of course, there's the Ministry of Truth from the make-believe, not-so-make-believe uh, dystopian fiction, in air quotes, uh, novel 1984. Uh, but does it get, you know, am I crazy, Charlie? Does it get any more Orwellian than this, that there's going to be a bureau of fact-checkers with the power and influence of American intelligence and law enforcement apparatuses? It's just amazing because, you know, there's always this talk about 1984 and it's become more and more of a prophetic book, you know. Um, so many things in there that you, you would think could never have happened keep happening. I always find it amazing when folks on the left try to say, oh, it's those folks on the right that are doing it. No, re read the book. And you will see, you know, Ministry of Truth. So um, it's all you mentioned, Russia, China does this big time. You know, all the big dictatorships do this. Um, I mean, it's frightening. And, and when you also consider even 25 years ago, there was more of an attempt, I think, from the left to at least reason and argue and, and be open. Now they just outright um, ban people when, when they don't like the views, when there's election season. I mean, look at the Hunter uh, Biden laptop thing, you know. That was disinformation, um, according to many, well, according to most folks on the left. 
and then it turned out not to be. So um, the idea that they can start, ban- you know, and part of this too is Twitter. Well, they, they said it didn't sound true. It didn't sound true to them when they first <laughs> happened upon the story, uh, which, which is absurd to to assume, especially people that aren't like investigative journalists, but it's absurd to assume that someone has like this sense about things well, about people that they don't know being or not being true. Well, I mean, that is such backpedaling to it. It's an excuse. And what they're basically saying is, yeah, you guys are right. Um, it turned out to be true, but it just didn't sound true. So, you know, they, they are creating any kind of way they can to ban stuff. And then, you know, and I think um, I think Jack Dorsey actually came out himself fairly recently and he said, you know, it was kind of a mistake to ban the uh, that New York Post story about the yeah, laptop. Thanks, sorry, sorry, guys. <laughs> it's like, oh, well, thank, thank you for the apology. Um, but a whole election, if you look at the polls, um, the polls say that folks would have voted differently in the election if they'd known. So it actually helped to flip an election. So Absolutely. You know, yeah. You know, Obviously, this has been done in other countries. China's done this. Russia's done, done this. Probably dozens more countries have done this. But you you kind of hinted at something, and I think I cut you off. You said Twitter. Um, Twitter is majorly, or has been majorly, a pre-Elon Musk-owned Twitter, has been majorly involved in this. And anyone, any one who just doesn't go with whatever the mainstream narrative is, not even to say that you're conservative, but anyone who just basically holds their own opinions, has experienced this. I was out of the social media game for like a decade. I got back into it. I'm launching a show, you know, and I I need to get back out there, develop a website, blah, 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 blah. Um, So I got on Twitter and the the zero followers to a thousand followers is like a grind. But once you've got about a thousand followers, you know, people are sharing your stuff and commenting. You've got some of those super fans. So I went, um, and of course, with Fight for Schools and Ian Pryor and everything coming out of Loudoun County Public Schools last summer, I went to about 10,000 pretty quickly. And then I noticed something. My Twitter kept going from, it, it went up to about 17,000. Then it kept ping-ponging. I lost a few thousand followers and it ping-ponged between 10 and 15,000 back and forth. Um but the other day, I tweet out this thing. I'm at the gym pissing people off in my Save America hat because people hate America. So I tweeted this yesterday, and it got it got 4,000 retweets, 3,999 for the fact checkers yeah. out there. Yeah. Um, but that got me curious uh, because I had, just the other day, I had 10,000 followers. So I've got 9,000 followers in 24, 35 hours or so. So that got me curious. Oh, let me look at these analytics that are useless to us. They, I don't know what they've done at Twitter. I don't know what capabilities they're switching off or documents they're shredding, but you can see this with your own eyes, people. I'm going to zoom in here because this top line, this top line of Twitter analytics is important. You can see I've been tweeting and engaging the whole time. You can see these flat lines, flat lines, and then all of a sudden something happened. Don't know what. 
could have been a change in leadership, could have been anything, but something happened and my account has exploded. Yeah, so something very fishy has happened. I think we know now that Twitter has been lying to us because Twitter has been dominated by a left-leaning opinion. And, you know, but, I think it's- But it's yeah. a social media platform. Think about this type of control. If you've seen V for Vendetta or if you've read 1984, think about this type of influence and manipulation with the power of federal law enforcement and the intelligence apparatus. That's yeah. what DHS is trying to stand up right now. Well, and, and suddenly, yeah. So Musk has bought Twitter- um, there's the possibility that there's there there will be a rise of other conservative platforms. So they're now losing this ability to control the narrative. So now they're just going to move it to the government and control what we say from there. You know, it's just, it's despicable that they would do this. They have, you know, I think it's interesting, even if you look at the Washington Post or Yahoo News and you go down to the comment section, what you often see is these comments are dominated by liberals and, I mean, by uh, libertarians and conservatives, not by folks on the left. When they're left, um, you know, when people are allowed to speak freely. And I think you would have seen the same thing with Twitter, except that it was tightly controlled. You know, and so Musk, is one of the things that Musk is going to do is also, he, he says he wants to make the uh, code uh, transparent. So that, I mean, that's the way to go. Yeah, that is, that's huge. Um, yeah, yeah, open, just opening up. Not, it doesn't have to be completely open source, but opening up the hood and letting us look at what's going on. I can tell you right now, the federal government is never going to do anything like that. I can tell you right now that YouTube, unless Elon, if you're watching and you are just looking for something to throw a few billion dollars at, YouTube would be an excellent investment. Um, I'm, I'm currently stricken from YouTube again, uh, which is totally bullcrap because the strike was for was for saying that there was election interference or manipulation to the point that it impacted the outcome of the election. And yeah, I can duh. tell you, I but I absolutely the policy has that specificity in it. I did not say infer, deduce anything about the outcome of the election being yeah. different. Um, I just data. Uh, but anyway, so we'll see how the appeal goes. Now, now here's, how, here's how stupid these folks on the left are, really. So you think about it. What do we know is going to happen in 2022 in the election? Big takeover um, by, by the right, okay? What about 2024? It's all, it's looking like you're going to have conservatives taking over then. I would ask my liberal friends, do you want Trump and the, you know, mega, mega, mega forces in charge of the ministry of truth? How about we shut down your, your views, you know? And you, you see this happen over and over with folks on the left. They do these ridiculous things only considering the short term. Do, do they want their own views uh, judged in this way? Yeah, oh, I don't yeah. think so. Yeah. You know, one, we wouldn't do that, but it's not even that we wouldn't do that. We don't want the government to have these types of capabilities. That's what limited yeah. government is all about. We don't want, you know, and I'm tired of hearing that First Amendment protections only apply um, to 
the government. If social media is going to be the public square, then there need to be some serious considerations given to that. Uh, because I can tell you right now, when I'm outside in, the, in a physical public square, uh, giving a demonstration or having a debate, no one is capable of silencing or outside of force of silencing or diminishing the outreach of the message. But these social media platforms, this big tech, you know, the tyranny of big tech technocracy, there are so many things that are being called. It's a real thing with real consequences that we've seen in the election, that we see in public opinion, that we see in human psychology. And it's a known fact that the government has in the past and very likely still does uh, manipulation work in that way. We know the agency does it outward facing into other countries to, to exert our will. That's the job. It's on the job description. Um, one of the people that Dinesh D'Souza had uh, and True the Vote pulling that data, his job was election manipulation in other countries. That weapon pointed outward. So we can't be well, told it can't be done. No, well, we know that Obama tried to tried to swing the Israeli election, right? He didn't like Netanyahu as the leader of the country, and and he tried to take action to get Netanyahu uh, knocked out of office. So we do it to other countries, but you know the the point is we're all grown ups. Let us look at all the available information and make up our, our own minds. I, we don't need people. And it's like you said, what if you go to the public square? We know what's happening in front of the Supreme Court right now. Can you imagine cops or DHS showing up and saying, uh, you can't hold up this sign, uh, that sign's not accurate? I mean, it, it would be unbelievable. But it's exactly the same thing what they're trying to do online. So I'd, I'd be remiss if I didn't point this out. So Wendy Shrouds Mahoney, uh, she may or may not be joining us. We'll see. Um, she's got a, a sick one at home. But she does excellent reporting for Uncover DC, uh, which is, by and large, not allowed on YouTube uh, because of Tracy Beans. So uh, excellent, just excellent, excellent reporting. Um, you could say there's a slant to it, but it's it's truly just the facts here. And we can't ignore the fact that Mayorkas has doubled down on this initiative and put up as truth czar Nina Jankowitz. And so her TikToks are going viral. A bunch of her tweets have been retweeted yeah. into oblivion. And the reason it's happening and why it's important is this woman does not believe in free speech. It seems like a baseline, an essential thing, one, for someone who's going to swear to support and defend the Constitution of the United States, which has, you know, First Amendment protections, not even of just what you're saying, but just expression, how you express yourself. The First Amendment is deep and wide. We could do several hours on the implications of the First Amendment. This woman doesn't believe in the First Amendment. She's got various public statements saying that speech needs to be controlled. We need to stop things from getting... Uh, to these places. We need to shut it down. So the fact that they are putting her up is telling. It's all the cards on the table about what this Ministry of Truth bullcrap is actually going to be like. Yeah, well, and this goes back to something that we've talked about. The left is, will you know, it, it's not the old politics where you've got right side and left side politics. You, we're in a situation now where the left is really willing to do anything that it 
it takes. It's like fighting a criminal organization. They will lie, cheat, and steal to win. You know, the left has always been for free speech. You know, listen to people like Bill Maher. He talks about he's he's can't believe what has happened. You know, the free speech movement goes back to Berkeley uh, back in the 60s, where they wanted to say all kinds of crazy things and obscene things. And those of us on the right said, you know, okay, you kind of have a point. Um, if there's free speech and there's free speech, you know, speak up. But once they took power and became dominant, now they want to control it. And now they're trying to institutionalize it, even um, with DHS. It's just, it's so, it, it is, it's, it's Orwellian and it's, uh, I'm sure Xi Jinping is uh, thrilled about this. I mean, guys, you've got to look at the language here. You know, DHS is huge. Thank you, Patriot Act. Thank you, post 9-11 world. Uh, DHS is a huge just mystery box of clandestine stuff. But look at the language they're using. Uh, you know, the seemingly propagandistic narratives seem to be cropping up agency-wide. So they're using uh, CISA, the Cybersecurity and Infrastructure Security Agency. That's telling, okay? These are wide-ranging cyber capabilities um, completely. I mean, you know, NSA was on everyone's radar a time ago. Most people don't know that this agency exists or what they do. But I challenge you to Google DuckDuckGo, Brave Search, whatever it is that you use, CISA, C-I-S-A, Charlie, India, Sierra, Alpha for you military folks out there. But that's the Cybersecurity and Infrastructure Security Agency standing up a mis- and disinformation or malinformation group, a, a task force. But I am telling you guys, I am telling you Nina Jankowicz at the helm of this thing is going to be a complete disaster. It's going to be everything that Twitter tried to do that now Twitter is getting their hand slapped and not being able to do. It's DHS doing that to everyone to include Twitter. And they would fall under this. There, there'd be no... What does accountability even look like for a group, for a government that's doing this? And the lawsuits will stack up to the moon. What what does the First Amendment mean if there is a government body that arbiters truth? Well, it's, and the lawsuits will stack up. But you know what's frightening also is how many woke liberals are now judges. So what's even going to happen with those lawsuits? You know, they, I mean... They, they, they act like disinformation is some kind of new concept. Mm -hmm. Disinformation has been going on since the founding of this country. Uh, countries try to influence elections of other countries. That happens. Uh, people uh, in journalism. I mean, there's always been disinformation. But uh, grown-up, educated people are supposed to um, make their own decisions about what is right and wrong. And the best way really to dispel stuff, as they say, sunlight is the best disinfectant. If someone's saying something that's not true, let it be said and, and uh, you know, go after it and show what's wrong. That's the best way to handle it. That's exactly. what a free people the, does. Do. The mantra used to be disagree with someone to the end of the earth, but fight and die for their right to say it. That used to be the mantra here in America to include 
um, black office holders, black soldiers, uh, black law enforcement officials saying this about neo-Nazis and Nazis disagree with them wholeheartedly, will fight and die for their right to say it, to hold yeah. these these closely held sincere beliefs. Obviously, Probably they're up wrong. Until like three years ago, even, that yeah. was what people thought. So here's why... It's important, you know, shows like this and many others that we're telling people this stuff, the implications of the Orwellian effect on life. You know, if you haven't read 1984, go and do it. I don't know if they made a movie for you people that don't like to read books. I, I'm sure there's an audiobook, but they are memory holding history. They are making facts of history disappear. And when you can't find a fact of history, when you no longer have access, you know, this is an ancient times with oral tradition, when you can't verify something basically on the internet, it's not true to you anymore. So they can erase, there are people that don't believe the Holocaust happened because of stuff like this. These are powerful tools. So in the vein of reminding people of some inconvenient history, we got to just remind people of the facts about the Democratic Party, all right? The Democratic Party is the party of the KKK, okay? That's a fact. That's an inconvenient fact, but it's a fact. The Democrats voted for Jim Crow. The Democrats put in a candidate for president who is currently president, former vice president uh, Biden, uh, who had a top-level KKK uh, member, KKK recruiter as his mentor, who he eulogized, of course, talking about Senator Robert Byrd. Um, the yeah. Democrats were the ones that released crack cocaine into the black community. But one of their heroes is this guy that you're seeing right now, good old Lyndon Baines Johnson, who, uh, who said these golden gems. This is a direct quote. I'm not going to say the N-word down there on the bottom one, uh, but these are direct quotes. These Negroes are getting pretty uppity these days. And that's a problem for us, us being the Democrats, since they've got something now they've never had, the political pull to back up their uppityness. Now, we're getting into the welfare state here, guys. Now we've got to do something about this. We've got to give them a little something, just enough to quiet them down, but not enough to make a difference. These are the people who brought you the drug pandemic or the drug epidemic in black communities and minority communities, which now has spread to Hunter Biden, apparently, because rich white yeah, folks well, do and, crack and too. Let's remember too, even in this decade, we had a Democrat governor of Virginia. We had <laughs> photographs of him dressed as a KKK guy. He, now, he hey, he, he can't confirm or deny if he were the Klansman or the guy in blackface. A smart person would be screaming, I, I, I was the guy in blackface. I was not the guy in the Klan hood. Yeah, but but yeah, he, he won't even comment about it. And then later on, he, he tried to say somehow, I guess, neither one was him or I, I don't know, but it's yeah. ridiculous. Yeah, he tried to backpedal so, so, that. And most of the, and what did the Democrats do? I mean- Regardless of, of what he did, what did his Democrat colleagues say? Did they say, oh, you need to leave office? This is this is ridiculous. They said, yeah, let's not talk about it. Doesn't matter. Okay. So they have never, this party has never changed. Um, you know, e even Malcolm X, you go back to the 60s, Malcolm X said the most dangerous and deceitful political entity was the white left. You know, they will lie to you to get your vote. Um, so it, 
I mean, that, this, this, that's they, the whole thing. That's the last quote there. Why are they doing this welfare state? Why are they propping up all of these sham institutions? He said the quiet part out loud. It's to have those N-words voting Democrat for the next 200 years. And they're doing it. Like, black people, black America, I'm talking to you. I don't know what you're thinking. Like, Clinton was all right. He was a cool guy, played the saxophone. Policy wasn't outrageously crazy, doing extracurricular things in the White House. But I don't know how you're standing by Obama, who did absolutely nothing, not for our community, but for America at large. And I definitely don't know how you're standing for uh, gas costing five ninety five. Joe Biden. Um, anyway, what are you going to say, Charlie? Um. I, I, I'm not sure where I, w- I was going next, but um, yeah, you're, you're right. The policies now, let's look at the Democrat policies now with the inflation, with the economic problems, with with everything across the board. This is hurting um, black families. It's hurting Hispanic families. All this stuff they claim folks on the right are going to do that never happens the left is actively hurting these families. And I think that's why you see too, in polls now and in exit polls for voting, the percentage of folks, uh, of black folks, Hispanic folks, all sorts, uh, you know, it, it's they're increasingly becoming Republican. They're losing faith in these liars and they understand that, that, that they've been used. All right. I couldn't agree more. So one last inconvenient fact of history for you guys before we go. Um, Just thanks so much for listening to the show. Really had a good time tonight. But look, Donald Trump said that they don't hate him. He said they don't hate me. They hate you. And I'm standing in the way. Guys, this is not going to get better. I don't know if you if you remember this fact of history, and to their credit, they didn't delete it from their website, but on the very day that Donald J. Trump was inaugurated as president in, in uh, January 2017, the very day, I mean, honestly, about seven minutes, seven minutes into his presidency, the Washington Post published an article on the campaign to impeach President Trump has begun. He's standing, he's just been sworn in, he's giving a speech, and they've already started. This is a political dogmatic war. This doesn't have anything to do with the substance of people's characters. This ha- this is a red versus blue, us versus them, nonsense journey, and they are gaslighting you at every available avenue. They're telling you, no, we're, we're open-minded. We're available to debate. Bull crap. The man was president for seven minutes. They probably just waited to post this so they could take this photograph and send it over to the press room and then get it out. Uh, so, Yeah, they telegraphed their fraud. And, and you can believe, too, if he, if he comes back, gets reelected president again, he'll probably be impeached two or three more times. Absolutely. Donald Trump is the world heavyweight undefeated champion of impeachment. So uh, there's probably going to be an impeach uh, Donald Trump board game coming out after his second presidency. I think he's going to run. I think he's going to run. I think he's going to win. I don't think DeSantis is going to be his running mate. I think he's going to run, and I hope that Christy Noem runs with him because I'm voting for that ticket all day. 
uh, which would be a lot of fun. That would be good. All indications are that he is going to run and that he will probably win by a large margin. All right. Well, guys, thanks for listening to the show. I'm Joe Mobley. This is the Joe Mobley Show. I've been on tonight with my man, Charlie Street. Uh, Thank you guys so much for joining. Don't listen to the fake news. Listen to uh, real media, which, hey, at this point, the Joe Mobley Show counts as real media because it makes more sense than CNN. That all we got for you guys. Have a good one. Thanks for listening, and I hope you enjoyed this episode of The Joe Mobley Show. Remember to subscribe and make sure you don't miss out on future content. You can always show your support by leaving a review or making a financial contribution by going to thejoemobleyshow.com and hitting support the show. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us. To him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. If that was the first prayer you've ever prayed, I hope it won't be the last. Until next time, this is The Joe Mobley Show.